Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the DC United Kingdom podcast. And as always, I'm your host, James Graham. In today's episode, I'll be going through the match against Minnesota and speaking about the points from that game, answering your questions, and also looking ahead to the returning match against Columbus this weekend at Audi Field. So, let's go right to it. So, the match from Sunday then, uh, against Minnesota. Oh, if you don't know the result, one, why don't you? And two, well, it just wasn't the right result. Uh, unfortunately, we got beat 1-0. And before the game, DC were the only side in MLS this season to actually be unbeaten on the road. And obviously, we were wanting to keep that going. And to do that, Ben Olsen kept the same lineup and the formation that he did against uh, Columbus. So that obviously meant that there was three homegrown players in the starting lineup again. So you had Hamid in goal, Pines at centre back, and Durkin in the centre of midfield. Um, he looked good to start off with. Pines was doing well at the back. He, uh, six foot five frame was keeping Rodriguez and Quintero in his pockets. You know, just literally all over them, getting that ball, winning off their feet. Ariola was actually being quite effective down the left. It's not something I would want to see him playing there all the time, but. Um, after the game against Columbus, he switched around with uh, from Titi Rodriguez from there. And, well, in the first half, it kind of got a lot better in the 21st minute. Or so we thought. So, what had happened? We had a corner, uh, whipped in by Rooney, got cleared. Um, it forced to Moreno, he whips the ball back in, which got cleared too. Um, then, it forced to Titi Rodriguez, who was on the edge of the 18-yard box, has no real clear through on goal. So he plays it wide to Rooney, who then gets a cross in. It's a nice looping high cross. Pines leapt like a fresh salmon into the air, and he nods at home. And obviously, not knowing how to celebrate, it was his first goal. He literally just sprinted towards the DC bench, high-fiving anyone he could find. But after he'd done that, VAR struck, and the ref decided to go and watch the replay. Frustratingly, decided to penalise Brillant. Um, so what happened there? So Brunner, as the ball came in, Pines has obviously jumped up way high in the air, but Brunner has actually put his arm on the shoulder of Manone. Well, I can argue that Manone wouldn't have got there, even if there was no one there, as Pines is just freaking huge. I mean, he's probably left up, what, another metre? He's just massive, so no one's going to really get on that, unless, unless you're taller than him, and Manone, he's three inches smaller. So, but if you lay your hand on the keeper, you're giving that ref the opportunity to penalise you. And unfortunately, Pines' goal was chalked off. So he's going to have to wait to get his first goal. Um, but say that, he's on form right now. And, well, if he doesn't do it this weekend, I'm sure he's going to get it soon. He doesn't, I don't think he'll have to wait that long. Um, I'll talk about the, that decision a little bit more later on. Other noteworthy thing that happened in the first half? Acosta and Ariola um, had a bit of a bit of an on-field argument, didn't they? Um, it simply appeared that Ariola wasn't happy with Acosta's lack of tracking back and defending, which Acosta doesn't do a lot of anyway, but on this occasion, Ariola just have a little, little dig at him. Acosta, however, didn't take it too well. Um, so he started yappering on at him. Ariola gave it back and it just kind of got back and forth, back and forth and it kind of got really heated to the point where Steve Birnbaum had to step in to calm it all down. Uh, thankfully, everything did calm down. Um, 
And to actually see that happen on the pitch, it doesn't look good. Um, and it kind of asks the question, is there something deeper happening in the dressing room? Hopefully not. But with Acosta having a failed transfer, it could be the start of thinking that he's maybe bigger than the club. Enough players bigger than the club. Um, no one at any club in the world, not Paul Bogba or Man United, he's not bigger than Man United. He, no one is. So, and Acosta hasn't played well at all this season, and he could be getting frustrated. So that could be another factor that he's Ariola's having a go, and he might just let the frustration boil over a bit. So, hopefully, it isn't anything that we need to worry about. But if it is, then it could be the start of something worse. Um, but yeah, that was about it for the first half. Not much else happened. Um, I mean, second half rolls around. And DC had to make a sub. Hara having to come off, um, which nobody knew why um, at the time. But afterwards, uh, it was found out that he had a bit of a grind strain. So he wasn't able to perform as well as he could. So he came off. And fair. You don't want someone limping around and when we haven't got barely a fullback in sight you want to treat them as if they're in Cottonwall so Segura came on to replace him he didn't do too badly um, in the grand scheme of things he didn't stand out but he didn't stand out for the wrong reason either uh, with the second half itself um, it was a bit of a similar story to the to the Columbus game in the second half of that one we just went up for it we were slower than the opposition looked like we were trying to take a draw and that's always a dangerous game we were just playing walking football again and well it looked like it was walking football compared to uh, Minnesota yes I would argue that we should have been 1-0 up at half time and if we were defending on that that would be a bit more understandable but the situation wasn't that so we should have been actually attacking um, however Minnesota fans the loons um, they were really up for it. I mean, obviously, they hadn't won at home yet. And, and this was their third chance to do that. And they were really cheering their own. The crowd was incredible. Really loud from all corners of the stadium. And that really seemed to get the team going. Because um, you could see that they were going forward more. They are having more efforts than we were. Um, Hamid doing his usual thing. Coming up with some really good vital saves. However, it came into the 82nd minute of the game. Uh, Matanaya uh, whips in across from the right hand side of the Minnesota side. Um, Angelo Rodriguez, you're claiming that you got a touch on it, but that's to be decided. Um, and it went past Hamid. It was in the corridor um, of which it's difficult for a keeper um, on the edge of the six yard box. It's getting whipped in. If you come out for it, you might just, and the player touches it, it's going to go in the net. If you don't come out for it, it might just bounce and it's gone. and that's what happened um, Pines was marking him it, again it could be argued that Pines should have defended that a bit better but again it was in that dangerous area, it was difficult and you've got someone on your shoulder it's difficult to get that right so yeah um, just a couple of well, one key stat that I noticed from the game um, in the second half anyway Yeah, Minnesota had 8 shots at goal um, compared to DC's five four of those attempts from DC were before they went 1-0 down and you think in the last 10 minutes of the game when you're 1-0 down you throw everything but we only had one effort and we 
Granted, we brought Amarika on from Brunan, so we had another striker on the pitch. But that was only one attempt since it came on. That really doesn't bode well for DC. Because if we're bringing on another striker, you'd think we'd have a lot more attempts. We'd be pumping that ball into the box, getting people forward. But it just didn't happen. And if we can't get forward, then we're never going to score. We're not gonna, if we're not going to have attempts on goal, the keeper's not going to get tested. And, well, yeah, again, you're not going to score. Um, the game finished 1-0. And not only did Minnesota get their first win at the Islands Field, uh, our unbeaten road streak came to an end. California Minnesota, they played much better than we did in the second half, and based on that, they deserved it. But I can't help but feel, if Pines' goal wasn't disallowed, then these last six, seven minutes that I've just been talking would have been completely different. Um, so, during the match... And then afterwards, I asked for some thoughts and opinions, questions um, for this podcast, for this particular episode. Um, and because I've just been speaking about the game against Minnesota, I'll go through what people, people's opinions about the game. Um, a couple of people tweeted in, so let's have a quick look through that. So I'll mention names and obviously their Twitter handles, give them a follow, um, tell them that I sent you. So, Twitter user over there, um, at Michael J. Mancini, um, he, he said, uh, DC needs a change of pace attack with attacking options up top. Especially if Rooney's going to be spending so much time in mid midfield. I think they miss Maddox more than they expected. Um, so, I agree that we do need pace. Um, and Amarikwa has actually has pace. He has, he's quick on the when he's running. But we just haven't seen enough of him, really. And from what I've seen so far, Olsen just seems to be using the last 10 minutes and not actually using him as a bit of a game changer. If it was me, if I was Ben Olsen, if I was head coach of DC United, I would have had Amarika come on probably after 60 minutes. So you've got half an hour to actually get yourself going and make a change. And I'm, when I play football manager, that's I have kind of like a set routine. I look at it and it's like the 55th minute to the 60th minute and think is there anything we can do to change the game then I make that change I don't wait until the last 10 minutes of the game to really do that um, so I'd like to see Amarika actually having a bit more game time but alongside Rooney and not actually replacing him saying that I do think we need more pace than just up top I think we need it on the wings so whether it's at the midfield or even at full back level so you've got wing backs um, and with the current injury crisis, I think it's starting to show quite badly. And that is through Casper and Olsen not getting the right people in, or getting any people in. Um, so I hope they've got a plan in place to fill the MC spots on the roster to get some pace in, and actually maybe even just getting another fullback. Um, Brendan Cartwright um, at Brendanuka, I think is that how you pronounce it? Um, Speaking about the uh, Hara injury, um, his comment was, United need to send, sign 10 fullbacks for each side, evidently. Um, well, yeah. Um, I mean, we just can't seem to keep a fullback fit. Um, so I responded about Akeem Ward. He's not been used yet, and I feel like we should be using him. Because if we signed him, and he's on the bench, then he should be good enough to play. Um, for me, if he's good enough to be on the bench, he's good enough to be on the field. Um Otherwise, why isn't he back at Loudoun 
or Ludan, I still don't know how to pronounce it, um, playing there and getting game time. Because if he's on the, he's just on the bench, he's not playing. And he's never going to improve by doing that. So, so I kind of mentioned that. that. Um, so Brendan replies back saying that actually Ben Olsen's done this before. Um, so back when DC had Connor Shinoski, um, he was available. Um, but instead of using him, who was a natural position, he used other players in positions they don't normally play. So a bit like having Ariola at left wing back. That's kind of not the best thing to do. Because they're uncomfortable. They're not going to be... When I mean, you've, you've got Paul Ariola, who's right-footed at left back. If the winger just goes around him, he's not going to be able to tackle with his left foot. So it's going to be hard to do. Um, so yeah, um, we need we need some extra plays, definitely. And some natural players in their positions rather than just switching people around and trying to plug holes putting square pegs into round holes that kind of thing um, and yet that needs Ben Olsen again and Dave Casper to come together come up with that plan to actually cover all worst case scenarios granted a worst case scenario is that it shouldn't happen but you've got a plan for it and we're in that right now We've if Hara's out with the game of the weekend who have we got at fullback available Akeem Ward, Jalen Robinson. That's not a great position to be in. Um, when you're down to two fullbacks who both, well, Akeem Ward hasn't played for DC yet, and Jalen Robinson hasn't played a huge amount either. So, inexperienced at fullbacks, and that's where we've been exploited so far in the last few games. I've noticed. Um, I also want to talk a bit more about that VAR decision. Um, so when looking back on it, I still really struggle to understand why it was brought back in the first place. And actually, whose decision was that? Was that the referee's? Or was that someone in his ear telling him that he needs to check it? Um, Minone was really complaining about it. And it could well have been about his complaints that actually thought, you know what, let's go and check it. I've watched the replays countless times. I've actually watched it frame by frame as well. And while Brunant does put his arm on his shoulder... Does he actually impede? It looked like Brunel was trying to jump. Um, and to get a good jump, you put your arms in the air and lift yourself up. That's kind of just natural to do that. Um, but he's, he's a bit off balance and from the looks of it. And he's fallen backwards, if you notice. If you look back at the replay. Minone's uh, jump, however, just doesn't look like he's impeded. Um, he's leapt into the air. That's He's gone up normally. His right arm is actually stretched out. And because of the height of Donovan Pines, he's not going to reach it. Um, and he's not going to actually make any difference on that header. Um, and it's similar to the goal that we were actually given against Orlando when Rooney scored that wonderful free kick. Again, Brunant was at the heart of it, but again, the keeper wouldn't have got to the ball. This time, though, we were given it. So, where's the consistency? Two similar plays in essence challenges on the keeper that is one we were given one we haven't one of them would have cost us three points and we would have got a point this time it's cost us potentially three points and we've come away with nothing um more than like we would have got a point because minnesota was the second half but it's cost us and that could eventually cost clubs places in the playoffs not until it happened to dc because we're still top of the eastern conference but it 
could happen to someone and this needs sorting out very quickly VAR is still in its early days across the world and people have got different opinions I'm for it I do like VAR but when it comes to things like that I'm happy if it's the ref's decision to say actually I'm not 100% sure I want to go and double check it fine that's that's I don't mind that if and I was listening to RFK Refugees podcast earlier on before I started recording this um, if you've got someone who's off the pitch saying actually you need to go and have a look at that that's not right that's another referee someone should just be controlling the sent getting the replays ready for the ref not actually interfering I let me know your thoughts on that do you th- do you think VAR is a good thing if you do brilliant let me know why you think it's a good thing if you think it's a bad thing again let me know why you think it's a bad, bad thing tweet me with those at DC United Kingdom um, yeah so that's that as I said to go along the, alongside those talking points I actually asked for some questions um, I got quite a got a few um so i'm just gonna run through a few of those now um so here we are the q a section um so the first question i got back was from a user called um he goes by the name of mls islands on twitter if you look for his twitter username it's mls watch um and he asks do you think rooney needs to move into midfield good question we've seen him play in midfield um in the epl we've seen him at He's done it at Man United for occasion, a few occasions. And he did it at Everton. Sam Allardyce played him in midfield. He wasn't effective. Um, I do believe he belongs up top. But I do think he needs someone there to play alongside him. He, I don't think he's really a lone striker. Um, he needs someone who could feed through to him. Or um, or he could feed as well. Because he he's good. He's got a great first touch. And we saw that lovely crossfield ball from Costa to Rooney. And that touch that he just brings it down was superb. So we know he's still got a great first touch. Um, can he be a bit more of a target man? And have someone with a bit of pace coming up? So that's where seeing Amarico playing alongside him. Um, Acosta did a brilliant in last season. He played alongside Rooney up top quite close together. Acosta has that pace. He could do. He can still do that role. Um it just hasn't happened this season and whether that's because of what happened in January that remains to be seen Um, we have seen flashes of Acosta's brilliance coming back through but yeah um, we need someone to do that on a consistent consistent basis Tiri Rodriguez could be that person Amarico could be that person Um, what I'd like to see is potentially use Griffin Yen he's been on the bench we've seen him a couple of minutes and yes he's only young but this is the kind of great opportunity to get insane game time with a legend of the game for him to learn and actually he could become an amazing striker going forward um, if that's not going to happen I'd love to see us assign another actual proper striker um, when that opportunity comes around oh that answers your question um, DCU1996 same use, uh, Twitter username as well um, he asks um should Rooney play more centrally and not as a lone striker? So this is similar to the last question. And as I've already said, I'd like to see someone play alongside Rooney up top because that's where I think he's most lethal. Yes, he's getting older, he's getting slower, um, but he's just not a good central midfield player. Um, you need the energy to get around the pitch more so than you do up top. Um, the only place I think he could do in midfield is if he's playing as a deep-lying playmaker. So really 
just in front of the defence and being able to spread the ball around. But he needs, you also need to be a good uh, tackler to actually break up the play there as well. I don't think he's got that in him. Not at this age. I don't think he can train to become that now. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable doing that. So for me, I'd keep Rooney up top as a striker. But with someone next to him. Uh, John Lee. Um, hi, John. Um, nice to see you tweeting. Um, we met last year in August. Um, his Twitter username is jclee03. And he asks, would DCU be better off without Lucho Acosta? Especially if that means we were to sign Titi Rodriguez on a permanent deal and Yami Lassad back. Well, based on the last game so, and so far this season, yeah, I think we would actually be better off without Lucho Acosta. I think his head's being turned. Um, I mean, when you get a side like PSG coming in and you've had apparently scouts from Manchester United coming and looking at you, yeah, your head's going to turn. But no player was bigger than the club. Uh, for me to change my mind on that, he needs to get back to the wave last season. And he did show that, that he could do that in that game. And he was running out of the defence. He had that little lob that he tried. That little play there, that was actually close to 2018. Lucho Acosta. He needs to play like he did last year if he's going to change our minds. So, it is a tough decision. But again, if I'm basing on the form right now, then yes, I'd, I'd swap them. I'd take Rodriguez on a permanent deal and have Yasser, Yami Lassad back because he's more of a wing player. And that's what we need. We need a bit more pace on the wing. Um, if Acosta can start firing again and actually doing what he did last year, obviously that decision's a lot tougher. But what we also got to consider is the contract. Um, again, I was, if you listen to the, the RFK Refugees podcast, they apparently there's going to be some news, some things maybe happening fairly soon. Um, but the longer it goes on without Costa signing a new deal, I think the more likely we'll lose him on a free transfer because as soon as it goes into the last six months of the of his contract, he's free to speak to other clubs um, abroad, and they can sign him on a free. Um, because you can sign him on a pre-contract agreement. So, even if Acosta can sign like a, just a little bit of an extension so we can actually get some money for him, or somehow we can actually sell him straight off in the summer, I'd take that. I mean, there was talks of £10 million in, in January. I don't think we'll get that much now because of the contract situation. But if we can get something for him, then, and that enables us to sign... Rodriguez and Assad on a permanent basis. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, DCU 1996 asked another question later on. He asks, are there any other professional cases of soccer coaches with so many years without silverware? Um, I'm guessing that's based on the fact that Ben Olsen hasn't really won anything. I mean, what we forget, he has actually won silverware. He's won the 2013 US Open Cup. Um, so if we take it from the last five years, so the 2014 season onwards um, there is one particular manager who does stand out um, if you don't know it's Mauricio Pochettino he's not won anything yet with Tottenham um, he was hired back in May 2014 however the big difference between him and Olsen is the win percentage Olsen has a win percentage of around 35% Pochettino's is over 50% I'd take that I, I mean I mean, if you put a uh, win percentage of 50% in MLS, you're going to have won trophies. Um, also, and nine years in charge now, with a win rate of 
that's well I'm surprised he hasn't been fired um, whether that's because of his club status whether he's seen as a legend um, it does uh, if he continues in the same vein and we don't do well this year and we lose Acosta um, and it's through his fault then he does need to go um, I think this could if it was down to me this will be would be his make or break year if he doesn't win anything this year I would be saying bye bye to him and bringing someone else in um, it's obviously down to Jason Levine and Steve Kaplan and obviously the board um, yeah we'll see what happens um, another uh, manager to not have won a trophy ever um, who's still going is uh, Tony Pulis uh, he's currently in charge of my English side Middlesbrough um, his brand of football, however, is well, it's a bit of a snore fest. If you, I mean, I would say check Millsborough out, but the last few seasons it's been well, diabolical. We never score goals, we're known as a very defensive team. Um, yeah, it's just boring to watch. Um, he's longest, as uh, long as managerial spell was Stoke City, he spent seven years there, and he didn't win anything. He got a runners-up medal, but that was it. Um, Tony Pulis seems to be able to settle for mid-table football. That's about it. That's as good as he gets. He gets you safe. Because um, with Stoke City, they were they never sort of like a fashionable side. They were always seen as a bit of a cold, windy night in, in Stoke. Um, there was a whole meme about Zlatan when he came to Monday night. Can he do it on a cold Monday night in Stoke City? Um yeah, they're not a great team, they're not fashionable and they were seen to really be one of those tides who would be trying to avoid relegation each season Tony Pulis did what he needed to do to do that, he'd get to 40 points and that would be about it um, of course I imagine there's going to be other managers out there um, but those two are the ones that I do know of um, yeah, there's many been, there's been many managers over the years that have gone a long time without winning trophies like Jack Charlton, uh, Glenn Hoddle is another one, um, but they've obviously gone around different clubs. I don't think there's been that many who've spent so long at one place that haven't won anything. Um, so yes, those two that I definitely know of. That's all for the questions for this week. Uh, it's actually been quite quite nice to be able to answer those. So if you've got something to want, you want to ask, drop me a message on Twitter. That's at DC United Kingdom. Um, I'll get those answered on the next podcast. It could be about soccer, or it could be anything about about you. Anything. I'll let you decide. It could be like, what's my favourite pizza, or uh, what's my favourite beer. Things like that. I, I don't mind. I'll answer anything. To a point. Um, so, that's the end of the Q&A. The next game we've got is against Columbus Crew at Audi Field. Uh, that's May the 4th USA tie. USA tie? What was I saying there? Um, it's May the 5th in the UK because it kicks off at 1am um, I mean I might stay up for that one um, I am off that week next weekend yeah we'll see what happens um, after beating us uh, after, well after us beating Columbus on their turf I'd imagine they'll obviously want to do the same to us but more so they'll want to do that anyway but more so because of the result they really had a hold on us in the second half um, if you watch the game that is if you didn't, they put in over 20 crosses into our box in the second half. That was because of uh, 
Titi being that uh, left wing back who's not comfortable as a defender that obviously does need to change um, we need to recharge our batteries I think this is the first time in three weeks we've not had a midweek match we've had six games in the last 21 days and we also need to get back to winning ways at home so far this season how do you feel it has not been great for us we need to get the fans behind us um, and not just the supporter section of the stadium we need the whole stadium behind the team and what I mean by that is the atmosphere so you remember the playoff game last year against Columbus Crew we need that kind of atmosphere because I remember watching that game on TV and it was so good just hearing the whole stadium singing the songs getting behind the team you could really feel that I was making a really good effect on the side I mean the fact that we were in the playoffs was a shock to everyone but the way we played and that unreal equaliser by uh, Delio right in the last minutes of the game in extra time that was just awesome um, so what I would say is if you're going to be at the game next weekend well this weekend sorry be loud and be proud of the team not just in the supporters section but everywhere I'd love to be able to watch that game and hear the noise from every single corner of that stadium um, so be like I said be loud be proud everyone is united um, in terms of the team obviously depending on Harrah I'd love to see the same formation again um, obviously if Harrah is out I think it'd still be like that um, with the Ben, Ol ben Olsen head on it would be secure replacing Harrow if he's not able to make the game. Everything else would stay the same. With my head on, I'd give Akeem Award a game. I'd put him on, well, at either side. Segura is right foot, so he'd probably be better at right. Akeem Award, he can play on either side at fullback, so I'd put him on left back. I'd drop Acosta, though, um, and I'd have Titi and Ariola behind Rooney. Maybe it's depending on, obviously, how training goes. Costa instead of uh, Titi Rodriguez but that would be down to that I'd keep Durkin in the middle of midfield alongside Moreno and obviously that three at the back I'd keep Pines there because he's just been unbelievable and hopefully he can do what he did against in the away leg um, and keep Sardes in his pocket again because you know I've, Pines has got big pockets um, the actual result I can't seem to be in a high scoring game I think there would be one goal in it I'd love to see us get revenge for the playoff defeat last season because um, that was heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game again. I think it's going to be very low. One, maybe two goals in it. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that game. Um, will the force be with us? Yes, I went there. I just did a Star Wars pun. Sorry, I apologise. Please forgive me. Um, but yeah, uh, let's hope that we can win this weekend. Um, yeah. That brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, if you hadn't heard us in, um, I'm on Patreon now. Um, the link is on my website, which is dcunitedkingdom.com. I'd love to for you to be able to become a patron. Uh, let me know when you have. Um, I don't know how it really works. I've not had not got patrons yet, so be the first. Um, I'll I'll be loving life when I get that. Um, I've got goals on there where if I get to twenty patrons, I'll do videos alongside this. I'll actually video record this and actually use the audio from that to do audio podcasts and I'll have videos up on YouTube um, you can follow me on Twitter at DC Night Kingdom if you aren't already and until next time Vamos United <laughs>